Welcome to God's Glorious Grace, a podcast from Hope Church Harrogate, where we are asking the question, have we really understood the grace of God? We're taking a deep dive into Ephesians chapter 1, considering a phrase of that chapter in each episode, and asking first what it teaches us about God, and second, how that affects our lives, hopefully with a good dose of warmth and fun along the way. Thanks for joining us. genuinely interested and concerned about who we are. It's not just that he's generous, but that he understands the needs that we have as human beings and directs his generosity in those ways. Welcome to this episode 12 of God's Glorious Grace. We're delighted you've joined us again. Uh, It occurred to me, editing the last episode, that I'm not sure I've told you who I am for about 10 episodes. So my name's Adam, and I lead the team at Hope Church. It's a great joy uh, to do so. And I'm joined once again by my good friends, Rachel Turner. Hello, Rachel. Hello. And Mark Hewitt. Hi, Mark. Good morning, everybody. We are still enjoying the delights of Zoom, uh, staring at each other's faces on our computer screens to do this recording today. Uh, living under lockdown in the UK. Uh, And we have got through to the second paragraph in the very long section of Ephesians 1. Although apparently this is still the same sentence uh, in the Greek. Not that I'm proficient enough in Greek to really uh, know about that. And so we're in verse 11. And we have a slight dilemma this morning because we're going to talk about inheritance. But when you read the NIV, which is the version that we've been using so far, It doesn't include the word inheritance. And so we're going to read from a different version today. Uh, And I guess just a note to say that the the New International Version talks about being chosen and in the footnotes talks about being made heirs. The other major translations that uh, we would tend to look at, things like the NRSV, the New Revised Standard Version, says uh, we've obtained an inheritance. The English Standard Version, the ESV, says we've obtained an inheritance. The NASB, the New American Standard Bible, says we have obtained an inheritance. The New King James Version says, can you guess? We have obtained an inheritance. And so we're going to go with that language because there's this concept of inheritance is really helpful uh, in the area of grace and well worth diving into today. So that's why we're going to read from a different version. Mark, are we going for English Standard Version? Yeah, we are. And uh... We're going to cut into this very long sentence. It doesn't quite make sense. So I'm going to just cut in at verse 9 and go to the end of verse 12. Making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him, who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. Wonderful. So we're looking at this phrase, I guess, having also obtained an inheritance, uh, focusing in on that word, really, inheritance. So the question to begin with, friends, is, of course, what is this inheritance who wants to start us off well i think um 
Thanks, Rachel. Uh, I, I think <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's it's a really good question. What what is the inheritance of the saints? And actually, when do we get this inheritance uh, in our culture? Typically, uh, when someone dies, if they have considered you and loved you, they they might write you into their will, and uh, when the will is read, you receive an inheritance. Um, we were talking earlier that actually in our culture that has changed slightly. Uh, people are receiving inheritance early as we can, uh, release money so uh, children can buy properties or, or go through university and, and what have you. And so, in fact, it's quite interesting that I think in the scripture there is an inheritance that we have received, an inheritance that is yet to, yet to come. Uh, and in fact, as we continue to read uh, Ephesians one, we find that Paul talks about uh, an inheritance, the glorious inheritance that's in the saints. So interestingly, Sister Sandpaper is part of your inheritance in Christ. Um, you know, so so part of that is that I think that uh, there is a list uh, of things. So all the things that we've had the joy of talking about in this series so far. So forgiveness of sins is a reception of our inheritance, redemption, adoption as sons, and so on would be uh, part of that inheritance. But also there's an inheritance to come. Uh, and of course, heaven is the great place of, of receiving the fullness of our inheritance. And I love it what Jesus says to disciples that he's into house designing and that he's making a place that's uniquely suited for me and for you. Um, he, he's concerned that we have home. He says, I'm going to make a home for you. Uh, obviously, Jesus himself is the great inheritance. He is the prize, uh, Paul says. Uh, and so I think it's myriad. Uh, it's not flaky. It's not a fluffy thing. Uh, I think like, uh, uh, you know, you get from great auntie Betty, you get her tea set. Now, we're not going to be like that in Christ or, or in God. We're, we're going to receive a magnificent inheritance because if we look at the quality of what we've received so far. It is but a foretaste. It is a, a, a shadow of what is yet to come. I find this, this concept interesting as I'm just listening to it, because inheritance usually involves a death it involves a a moment of this was mine and now it is yours and as you were talking mark about how you know now and in, in sort of modern times there's this almost permeability of the inheritance where parents and grandparents are saying let me give you your inheritance now that was not a common thing at that time uh, and so in the context that it was written it, it still was was about a sort of um uh a moment of death, but there was a there was a, a moment where you came into your inheritance. There was a a moment of that. Why do you think why do you think the author used the word inheritance rather than anything else? What was so significant about the concept of inheritance that was important for his listeners to, to his readers to understand uh, about this of, of what we get in Christ? I think from the flow of Paul's writing in Ephesians 1, clearly he's talked about this adoption as sons. And as we spoke about that, we said about the in, in this culture, the unique place of sons were the ones that received an inheritance. And, and I wonder if in part in Paul's mind, um, he has this, this thing that 
I want to enforce or reinforce to you the actual quality, the, 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 the nature of, of our adoption as sons does mean that there is also an inheritance. That is the, the natural flow of it. But I think he has to, he wants to state that to us. Um, and, and obviously, you know, in, in Romans, he writes about us being joint heirs with Christ. So again, when we spoke about sonship, we talked about that it, remarkably we have the equivalence of relationship with Father God as Jesus has. We've been elevated uh, as grace lifts to that, that place. And, and so I wonder if in the flow of his writing, he's still got that train of thought in mind. But of course, you mentioned a death. I don't know, Adam, if you want to speak about the death that's happened that releases us into uh, this inheritance oh absolutely we talk about the death that's given us this inheritance all day long and and that's that is the flow again i think and this is where context is so helpful isn't it because he paul has been gushing is the word we've used a few times all about the wonderful things that the grace of god has has done for us and then he gets into redemption and forgiveness and the, the final verse of the bit we read before, verse 10, it talks about times reaching their fulfillment. And it's like he's he's been looking at all this stuff that we we have in this moment and we can experience in the Christian life. And then we said last time he, he zooms out to this cosmic eternal picture of which we are a small part in terms of the big picture of God. And, it, and it's like he wants us to know, although you have and you experience and you enjoy and you get to live in, all of this there is more to come and so i think paul is using the word inheritance here because he wants to make sure that we realize that we haven't yet obtained it all that there is more and that uh the, the future is is full of hope for the believer and so i think that's a really helpful uh, dynamic in this idea of inheritance um, i was just thinking like we, we've we've said and we think we've all said you know inheritance involves a death and in the I guess in history, someone would have to have died for inheritance. But I guess in my head, the picture is, you know, you've got the patriarch of the family who owns everything and his kids and they've got their farms and whatnot. And there's going to come a point where you know, he doesn't get shipped off to a nursing home. He's probably going to start fading out in the family home. He's going to get old and frail. He's not going to be able to be hands on. You know, you've got the story of Isaac with um, Jacob and Esau and he's in his bed. He's you know, he's so out of it, he's unable to really discern the fact that Jacob's got goat hair on his hands and is putting on a silly voice to pretend that he's Esau. And, uh, you know, that, but he's still the one who has it all and he's got a blessing to give and it's still all his. But his sons are the ones running the family home, using the family money, um, trading the family livestock. And so that there's almost, perhaps it isn't as cut and dried as, um, you know, there's an inheritance, then someone dies and you get it. But there's a transition between the ages. There's a gradual handing over. And, and we see that in some parts of society today where inheritance is advanced. I think maybe there's a way of seeing that in the ancient world, too. And that helps us because we see that there is inheritance that we can begin to receive now. So, yes, we place our trust in Christ. We receive redemption. We receive forgiveness. But there is more to walk into that. This isn't a, God's not a transactional God. It's not I give you faith, He gives me eternal life. That does happen, but there's relationship, and that has to grow. And therefore, there's a uh, this tra the transition between the ages is maybe more helpful than 
nothing to everything. I think it's wonderful that um, in this word inheritance, which Paul used, which is quite unique uh, in the New Testament, it's the only place that it's used. Um, it means both inheritance and heritage, which is what you've just talked about, mm. patriarchs. And uh, there is something about heritage that we've been brought into, which I think is quite amazing. So uh, when you think of heritage, you think of the values and the culture uh, of, of a family. You think about legacy and ancestry. Um, and I think when we when we realize who we've come into, you know, you think of people like Enoch and Noah, you think about Abraham, uh, perhaps you think of Deborah, Esther, uh, you know, the Marys of the New Testament, Peter, Paul, you know, and, and perhaps more modern day uh, uh, heritage that we have in people in our era, uh, people like Billy Graham, um, Hudson Taylor's not in our era, but he's always been my hero. Uh, Hudson Taylor, uh, and you—you you think of actually, this is the heritage that we've come, we've we've come into. So, to 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 when Paul's talking about inheritance, I think his his eyes are very wide. He wants us to realise the substantial substance of what what we have. We have this great heritage in God. We we have God's history. Now that's an extraordinary thing. If I've become a, a, a child of his, I, I've become this, um, this beloved son, this beloved daughter, I've come into his heritage. His history is now my history. That's what the wonder of the adoption uh, of the saints. And, and there's something very important to think about my brothers and my sisters in history, however recent or however far back, is, is a real strong encouragement. I wonder if that's where Hebrews 11 comes from, mm. you know, when we have this great list of this cloud of witnesses that are cheering us on. They cheer us on through their own stories and through their own lives, through their weaknesses and their victories and uh, and their losses and, and what have you. And, and we're now caught up in this eternal chain. This, this go, goes back to Adam and Eve right the way through mm. to when, God sums up everything in Christ, as we've just read. Um, we, we are part of something that is so much bigger than us, so much bigger than Harrogate, so much bigger than the United Kingdom, both in time and in world breadth. It's extraordinary. This is what we've come into. And we, so we have a heritage and we have this amazing inheritance. And, and perhaps I was a bit glib talking about heaven, but I mean, no more crying. No more sighing, no more death, no more sickness. These, these are extraordinary inheritances. A new body, praise God, <laughs> hair on my head and, you know, and, and these, these things. You know, I, we, Sharmi and I um, have started to walk and jog. Uh, and, uh, you know, we did, did this yesterday. We, didn't, we walked more than we jogged. But, but, you know, the body's telling me I did something yesterday that I didn't enjoy as much. Uh, as a, But, you know, I'm going to get a new body. I mean, it, it is an extraordinary place. Heaven is real. And that is, is the, the, the gem of our inheritance. Though we have what we have now, that is yet to come. And, and Adam touched on hope. This is our hope. What we have here on earth isn't everything. It's important yeah. and it's precious life is valuable. We never <clears throat> undermine the value of human life or our human existence. But actually, 
Heaven is, is our destination. That is the wonder of what we've come into. Yeah. And so there's definitely some things in there that I'm sure we'll pick up in the second half as we start, start to talk about how uh, the idea of inheritance helps us live in uh, every day. And uh, the question we try to answer, which we've not quite got around to yet, is what does this tell us about God? So we've talked about what it is and what it means for us. But is there anything it speaks to us about in terms of the nature of God, in terms of who he is and his character and what he's like? Uh, the answer to that is obviously yes. What could we pull out here? Maybe just some quick comments about what it shows us about God that that we have been um, given this inheritance or engaged within this inheritance. I find that what Mark was talking about, about the sort of dual nature of the word between inheritance as in the thing that we receive, but also the heritage, that sort of uh, almost identity statement. And for me, I always find it extraordinary how much God understands humans. It always just baffles me. <laughs> I mean, I know he made us and understands every thought in our heads, but but to me, there is something of God's understanding of our desire for belonging and being a part of something bigger than ourselves in that sense. He wasn't just, I'll give you great stuff, but he's saying, no, actually your identity shifts. And I understand, I understand that there's something in your heart that longs to be part of a history of faith that, you know, we look at our forefathers. I love how he says, Abraham, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's always saying, I am a God of generations. And you are, are, you know, we talk about being grafted in. We talk about being in, in being part of a heritage. There's this sense of of coming into a, a family that he understands our desire and longing for belonging and identity. And as part of that, you know, our inheritance comes. And I I find that extraordinary because I think yeah. sometimes uh, we can reduce our relationship with God to purely what we get from Him. And what is on offer to us. And, and actually, he understands the inner workings of sometimes, you know, I'm in a different country from anyone who's technically blood related from me. And yet I have an inheritance of family, an inheritance of heritage that is extraordinary to me. Yeah. I loved finding out, you know, I love that's why we love watching Who Do You Think You Are on television and watching people discover their their heritage or discover their inheritance of what this thing really means. And yes. my great grandmother was a showboat person. And, and there's something in us that we're like, Oh, maybe I have her character because, you know, three generations ago, somebody did something wacky and that's me. And this sense of seeing yourself and others that have gone before, uh, I think is so powerful that he understands that we long for identity as well as inheritance. And he gives that to us in this word. Yes. I, I love that. It's not just that he's generous, but that he understands the needs that we have as human beings and directs his generosity in those ways. It's fascinating. Amazing. Yeah. I think for me, it constantly amazes me the level of detail that God goes to. <laughs> so so we, we see it here in the whole of Ephesians 1. But no human would ever thought up some of the things that God has prepared for us and has arranged for us. And it's almost as if Paul is breaking open, you know, the this and trying to get us to understand that 
God, it, this wasn't a, a Friday afternoon job. You know, it wasn't the last car off the line type of thing. You know, there's no Friday afternoon work in Christ. But actually the thoroughness of this, the, the, the depth of what it means to be an adopted son, to include this inheritance and then to find inheritance and heritage, to find that we've got some now. And the, the, the list of what we've got now is amazing. But what is to come, as we say. So for me, what does it really reveal about God? He is genuinely interested and concerned about who we are. He, he really, yeah. really. And this is no slapdash job. This is this is Rolls Royce. This is the ultimate that you could you could come up with. But humanly, we would never have got there ourselves. And I think that's that's the remarkable nature of it. Super. Well, I think that brings us to a, a fitting end to part one. We'll have some halftime oranges and then reconvene with part two. So theme tune, please. Oranges this time. I felt like we were really good at giving tips and advice for people. And so I feel that one of the most unique to family like history stuff, I'm trying to tie it in this time, is how to stop hiccups and or how to stop sneezes. I feel like every family has a secret that they always pass on to each other of like, oh no, you have hiccups, you have to do something. And so I would like us to share our historical, traditional family recipes for how to stop hiccups or how to stop sneezes. I can begin if you would like, just to give you a sense. So my dad, being a police officer and it's in military history, taught me the sniper way to stop sneezes. <laughs> so what to stop sneezes, my family tradition, is you stop sneezes the way the military teaches snipers to stop sneezing, which is you lift up the tip of your nose like this. I know. Really? Yeah, you lift up the tip of your nose. And it I don't know why, but it 100% works. Um, Amazing. So helpful. Wow. Rachel, and what's even better to me at this time? That is extraordinary. <laughs> that is really helpful. Thank you. What I love is that all three of us reached for our nose <laughs> and lifted it up, as Rachel said it. And I mean, if, if you listening at home reached for your nose and lifted it up, as Rachel gave you that piece of diamond advice, we'd love to hear from you. Podcast at hopeharrogate.co.uk. Let us know, <laughs> did you lift your nose up upon hearing that incredible tip from Rachel Turner? That's my sneeze. And then the and then the the hiccup, my family, I have to show you this, and everyone can also try this at home if you have a drink, is you take a cup, and this is if you have hiccups, you have to bend over, like 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 bend over so that your head is upside down, and then you put your mouth on the opposite side of a cup and then drink from it. That's what it is. So you're like drinking upside down because your mouth's on the other side and stops hiccups every time. That is my traditional. Inherited from generations to stop hiccups. Does it genuinely stop hiccups every time? Yeah, yeah it's called waterboarding, Adam. That's why <laughs> Rachel, in the FBI use it very adequately, I understand. Everything <laughs> opposite cup, upside down, try it. Go on. Adam, Mark, what are your traditional experiences that you've inherited? Very much like the finger on the nose thing. When someone's got a sneeze, sneeze coming, if you get a tissue, it stops them. It's the most frustrating thing ever. Most frustrating thing, because sometimes a good sneeze is a real helpful thing. So just as you see someone go, just say a tissue, and it seems to kill it. I don't understand why. Wow. And for the, and for the hiccups, it's just the classic, 
I'll hold your breath for 30 seconds. Okay. Yeah. And then so you explode us, inside, but never yes. mind. Yes. But, but as, um, if you've got to sneeze, you need to look at the light. So if you need to sneeze, if you look at light, preferably like towards the sun, but not at the sun because you burn your retinas out, obviously. You but don't sneeze, light, but you're blind. It stops you sneezing. True story. Come up with pretend science. Is there pretend science behind that? No idea, but it works. And uh, and for hiccups, you just can't beat a good old. Um... When you're a family, you just would you like to do that again? <laughs> Boom! You've got wow. to scare people, haven't you? You've got to jump out at people, make go, <gasps> and that solves hiccups. Oh, you live in when people are just trying to scare you to help you out of the hiccups. I just <laughs> walk around the house petrified that someone's <laughs> going to jump out at you, and then they do, and you go, ah! But then your hiccups have gone, so it's fine. Wow! Wow! <clears throat> right, Rachel. I was very skeptical when you announced this uh, halftime oranges and our. You've bigged up our help and advice, but I can see that what we've just offered people is life-changing wisdom. Change lives. We're here to we're here to help. So try that now and tell us how we've changed your family traditions for the next generations to come. Uh, fantastic, brilliant. Um, I I almost want to get the hiccups or need to sneeze now so that I can test out these uh, new new methods I've got though. My family history does work very well for those. We are going to move into part two. We asked the question in the second half of these podcasts. Um, so how does this affect my everyday life? Um, in particular, how, how do I carry this into the different spheres of influence? How can I conduct myself, therefore, given the incredible truth of this grace of God being present in my life? Um, and so I, I think we've hit on a, a couple of things. We've talked about the, the future hope that we have and the importance of that. Um, and we've we've talked also about the fact we haven't obtained it all, but there's a, a, an increase through life. Does anyone have a place they'd like to start in terms of how does this grace of the inheritance God gives us um, hit the road in our everyday lives? For me, I was just reflecting on um, my parents' experience. Um, so both my parents are still alive and uh, they are very proactive people and so um wanted to like get started on this whole like sorting out uh, your stuff now and so for the past well, maybe 10 years they will regularly sit me down and say okay so we've done this more paperwork and we put your name on this trust so that you can then have this and we've changed the locks in our house so in case we both fall out of the sky in an airplane here's the key that you use to get into the back door and so they're always like really proactive about how I come into my inheritance and how I how what I sort out first and you know what I sell and where and what friend has asked for this thing and so just you know if it happens then go to this and that this sort of sense of trying to teach me what I need to come into my inheritance and to to access it and what to do first and it's um it's always been a really interesting journey for me over the past 10 years of them going, I don't think you know how to do this. So I'm going to teach you how to do this so that when this is yours, you know what to do. And it's just been a really fascinating journey of, of, you know, when I look at all the movies, inheritance is like, ooh, you show up to a will reading and then oh, you're given something. And yet my experience of, of my family is that it's this step-by-step teaching of of what is there and what might be there with me saying well it might not be there because you know you may need it and, you know this this whole conversation it's a part of the relationship and it's something that I'm learning 
And that has really colored sort of how I view this beautiful thing that God has given us in this inheritance is it's not, it's not just something that's laying around that I'm going to pick up, but it's something that I've got to learn how to use and, and how to access and learn more of what's there. You know, often there's so many times my parents are like, Oh, by the way, this thing. And I'm like, I didn't even know that thing existed. And this constant understanding of what is there and what is available and how to, how to use it and access it and live with it. That I am getting now from my parents um, is something that really translates over into my spiritual journey of what, what is my inheritance mean? And, and, and to look for it and to know that it's there and to ask God to teach me how to walk in that because I don't know how to walk in the hope of glory or to, to walk in that understanding of redemption. Uh, I see it as a, a very interactional experience uh, rather than just find out what I have in the barrel so that I can use it for myself. Mm. That's such a helpful shift from the passivity of that film picture of sitting in your black and white clothes listening to a reading you've no idea what's going to come and someone's probably going to be offended like that that's yeah. the that's the yes. picture and uh yes but that's just so far from the biblical mindset here um again if you think about historically and you know the, the father over the family he would be teaching the sons all the way through and this is how you do it and you go to that man to sell the sheep you definitely don't go to these people and like there'd be this um the the interactive flow of handing over everything that he knows his relationships you know the the ring with the seal on and like there'd be this gradual um revealing and receiving and growing and that's a part of it and i think that's so helpful the proactivity of what it means to have an inheritance is really important for us to get our heads around it isn't a ticket to heaven when we die Mm. Um, but it's part of the joy of getting to relate to God as Father. Yeah. Mm. Fantastic. So, so that's 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 helpful because though we attain our inheritance as an absolute gift of God's grace, so we don't earn this inheritance, it's an attained by Jesus and given to us. There is a question: can we miss it? And I don't think Paul would say, yes, you can miss your inheritance. So it's it's like the person who, you know, is found dead on the park bench and they've lived there all their life. And and then it's discovered that they were left inheritance of a, a million pounds that they never discovered. They lived as a pauper when actually there was riches for them. And I wonder if that's what Paul later on in 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 uh, Ephesians one is getting at when he talks about. Um, praying for us that the eyes of our heart would be open that we would receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we would know and one of the things that we're to know is the inheritance or the glorious inheritance that is in the saints and he writes the same thing in uh, 1 Corinthians when he says talking about our inheritance what no eye has seen or hear has heard nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those that love him but these things are revealed to us through the Spirit. So I think you're right, Rachel. I think that there is this, um, this possibility that we have this landscape uh, of extraordinary inheritance in God right now that we could miss because actually we are not seeing it. We're not knowing it. And there is this uh, delight for us. There is a delight for us to be um, in that place where we are like going through this whole podcast on grace is opening up 
is unzipping for us. No, this is what's available to me. It's like forgiveness. Forgiveness is done in Christ. The question is, will I step into it? Will I walk in that? Will I live in that? Will I enjoy the the, the grace of that now? And so I I think there is something that we need to break in ourselves, which is actually this is something that's just going to come to me passively. No, actually, it's revealed by the Spirit to us, for us to walk in. Uh, And I love that. I think, uh, and it's a prayer. I, you know, do I pray that I will walk in the full inheritance um, that God has given to me and, and allow the spirit to reveal it and then for me uh, to walk in. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful concept, not because I like earning things or working towards things, but actually it's an exploration, isn't it? That's the, that's the thing. This isn't about um, earning. This is about exploring the richness of our inheritance. Um, so, Mark, and, for, all our, for all our listeners that are now petrified that they're missing their inheritance in God, like, uh, like let's, make this super practical how do we go about growing and pursuing and exploring yes. that yes so I, I think the you know the prayer of paul is here isn't it so i think one of the things to be conscious and constantly asking god for is give me that spirit of wisdom and revelation so i may know i, I think i pray that prayer recently more than any other that i may know him that I may know the, 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 the glorious riches of inheritance and say, I don't want to miss out on what Christ has won for me. I don't want to be living as a pauper when actually I'm a son of the king. So I think very practically there, there is a place of prayer. There's obviously with prayer, we ask the Holy Spirit to help us. The greatest revelation is scripture. So actually, let's let's get ourselves into reading and asking the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to understand what we, who we are and what we've come into. I, I think that's, for me, the, the, the first base. And then the second base is then seeking to live from that. So if there is the promise of God that he will be with me and that he sent the Holy Spirit as, as this incredible comforter, this incredible person to be with us and in us, then am I walking my life, living my natural day, drawing in on him or do I have a great quiet time and shut the door and, and walk out and leave him behind and get on with the day in my own strength? I think those are the practical things that we can do to, to, to enjoy and, and start to stretch out and to fill out uh, in our inheritance in Christ. Hmm. I think I think it's a great question, Adam. And for me, I sort of think it's it's partially about trusting that the Holy Spirit's going to take you on a journey of it. I, I think that's what I've experienced with my parents. My parents will be like, I don't think you know how to do this. So I'm going to teach this to you. They are proactively saying, this is what's next for you to step into your inheritance. And I think in combination of with proactive seeking that Mark is talking about reading scripture and, and sort of growing in your knowledge, there is also just coming to God and saying, what's the next step for me? God, what, what, what are you teaching me now? that I need to know. And I, I think I have a lot of trust in the guidance of the Holy spirit that, that there will be what it, what he is teaching me in this season. And that to get so uh, burdened with all the stuff I don't know yet that I feel like I'm missing out can be an overwhelming feeling rather than saying, you know, what, what is the season that I'm in? What are you teaching me now? Because there will always be a new revelation of, of our inheritance. And so right now there's something God's working on me 
and working with me swimming in and understanding and growing in. I, I can't, I barely can learn two things at once, much less my entire inheritance in God. And so yes. I, I do trust the guidance of the Holy spirit to guide me into all truth. Uh, and so yes. it's really about just coming, coming and, uh, and learning in this season and chewing it in this season. And that's a very humbling thing, isn't it? So, you know, you can respond in one or two ways when your parents come to you and say, I don't think you know how to do this. So I'm going to tell you when you're a, you know, a grown woman and do all the things you do, Rachel. So, and the, the, the posture of humility and expectation of being taken on that journey is really important. And I guess that speaks to the, the picture of proactivity versus passivity that we started with. Um, and the famous story, I guess, that Jesus tells about inheritance you have two sons, neither of whom are humble. You know, one of whom is grasping at everything, and the other one, his heart is incredibly hard. And um, there's no humility whatsoever, apart from from the father in that story the, of the lost son. And I think being prepared to be taught and retaught stuff that you think you know or that you only partially know, and being open-hearted towards God's work in your life and the work of the saints, because as Mark's already said, this is a corporate endeavor, not just a solo one is 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 fundamental in that isn't it the moment we think we've got it sorted and we don't need input from anywhere is probably the moment we've lost it and are missing it um I, there's, I a, there's that, a ooh, after you mark so i i guess i think then there's something else that's very practical for our our, our everyday life in this and i think you know uh, the book of hebrews uh, points to this you know written in a time of extreme um a persecution and dispersed uh, Jewish culture, Christian Jews dispersed, that there's this constant pointing to heaven, this constant pointing to uh, a new life. And, um, you know, we, we happen to be recording this session the day after, very sadly, we passed the 100,000 deaths uh, mark here in the UK from COVID. It's not a UK issue. It's an international global issue. Um, and there's great poignancy in this and great sadness uh, over the loss of life. Uh, we're experiencing a huge loss of all sorts of other things. People are losing their health, having recovered from COVID and not really recovered. People are losing their incomes. Uh, people are losing connection with one another and family and that. Uh, th there is a huge tsunami of issues coming out of this that are uh, are painful and 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 life at the moment uh, for comfortable the united kingdom is faced with 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 a harshness that perhaps we've been protected from we're not a nation that talk about death mm. uh, we talk about passing on you know we don't even use <clears throat> the word and and yet it's it's in our news daily and so you know the writers of the new testament under the unction of the holy spirit constantly point towards what is to come and so you know what paul has written here about our inheritance is is a glorious hope it is a hope heaven is going to be our home it's going to be the place where all this injustice all this that has come through the fall and the work of satan is going to be fully undone and we're going to stand in the presence of our glorious savior and we have we're going to do extraordinary things. We we don't fully understand ruling nations and uh, uh, judging angels and, and and all sorts of stuff is going to come our way 
um, as we understand it. But there is there is this reality of this hope, and uh, perhaps in in my generation, you know, the post-war World War II generation that has experienced material wealth. Many of us, not not everybody, but many of us have exceeded expectations in terms of ownership and all of that. We've been a bit of the golden uh, generation uh, for many years. And to be faced with this crisis, if we're not rooted in the realities of, of, of our inheritance in heaven, we're going to be in, in, in a dreadful place. And so for me, it's about an eternal hope, a joy that is to come that helps me persevere now. And with that comes something else that's practically is an urgency. I, I don't think in all my Christian life have I felt an urgency for the gospel to go forth, for people to know Jesus. I, uh, it, it just is gripping me. It's gripping my prayers. It's gripping me when I'm out in the high street here doing my daily exercise that actually part of this uh, situation is actually the consequences of not knowing Jesus are very in our face at this moment in time. Whether that's anxiety, whether that's mental health, whether that's fear or whether it is death itself and, and the consequence of not knowing Jesus and having this eternal hope. Is, is is enormous and, and i feel very gripped uh, by that and seeking god urgently lord how do we reach our neighbors how do we uh, get your gospel out I- into the public square in, in in an appropriate way that changes life yes so yes. that that would be for me it, it's not that the present isn't important but that no. because of what life in our part of the world looks like the future can become so unimportant compared to the importance of the presence but actually this forces our eyes back to get the balance right the, the present is important but there is a future which is far more important and worthy of our eyes being on that's that's really helpful and i think a wonderfully practical place to land and so it's been a, a pleasure to talk through inheritance with you both this uh, today and we're gonna finish as we always do by praying rachel it's your turn to pray God, thank you so much for family, for being our father and inviting us into this wonderful provision that you have for us now and for the future. God, I pray that you would open our eyes, the eyes of our heart, um, the eyes of our minds, that we may truly see even just a glimmer of all that you have provided for us. I thank you for your love and for your kindness. I thank you for being our family and putting us in a family. Thank you. God, I pray that you would, as we take showers and go through the day and try to homeschool our kids and, uh, or be on our own in a, in a house, just with too much time with, for our minds to ponder. Holy spirit. I pray that you would come so close and whisper us about the next step for us. The thing you're teaching us now. Pray that you would put something so tangibly in our hands that we may discuss it with you, that we may understand it, that you may remind us of places that you've been teaching that part of our inheritance to us for a lifetime. Thank you you that you are calling us and walking us into our inheritance. Pray that you would stir our hearts, that you would guide our minds, that you would give us dreams of you, that we may understand it better. 
And I pray that you would just cause us to burn for each other, that we may um, burn to see all those we see come into the inheritance that is available yeah. to them. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Thanks to you both. And thanks to you, the listener at home as well. Uh, we have four episodes left in this series. Next week, we're on episode 13, looking at the phrase included in Christ, which is from verse 13. Nice symmetry. And we hope you can join us there. Uh, These episodes are released 6.30 a.m. every Wednesday morning. Uh, If you want to get bang up to date, you can even set your alarm clock. And uh, during the week, we would love for you to uh, give us a, a review or a rating on your podcast platform of choice. That would be great, preferably five stars. If you know of anyone that could do with hearing grace talked about uh, in this way which i know many of us at different times in our lives can and please feel very free to forward on these podcasts for their listening pleasure um, and we would love to hear from you if, if this is good if you have questions if you thoughts uh, we'd love to do a, a session at the end interacting with listeners and stuff that's come up podcast.hopeharrogate.co.uk and we would love to hear from you so until next time bye bye, bye.